This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Kia ora katoa, kua huhi mai nei, mō tēnei o tato. My name is Peter Barron, and I am the radio pharmacist, and I am here on OAR 105.4 FM every week. Over the next half hour, we will talk about how and why and when to use medicines and other matters concerning your health. If you missed the show or wish to listen to today's show or previous shows, these are available on podcast. I'm always happy to talk about any specific issues or questions that you have, and you can contact me at The Radio Pharmacist on Facebook or on my website at radiopharmacist.co.nz. Norida, no mai, haere mai, and let's get started. And kia ora and welcome to uh, to the Radio Pharmacist show today on this uh, rather cold day with uh, winter sort of reaching out and making that last little uh, grass spatters. It's not not atypical. I remember growing up in Southland um, in the 50s and 60s and 70s and we certainly, I remember this time of the year, we'd be in the middle of lambing and uh, suddenly we get snow which made life very miserable, cost the life of a lot of lambs. Uh, we used to have to, uh, I think all the farming families will appreciate this, we would be bringing in lambs that were uh, de- hypothermic, they were just barely alive um, and you'd take your breakfast. We had a cold range. You'd take your breakfast out of the uh, out of the oven, and you'd uh, you'd put the lambs in, and then uh, you'd give them a mix up some pure glucose. I think they used to call it staminal. And uh, yeah, ten minutes later, they'd be bouncing around and uh, all keen to all keen to get on with life. I just wanted to make a clarification. A couple of weeks ago, uh, in my enthusiasm, and we were we were talking about. Um, COVID vaccinations, and uh, I may have uh, may have slightly overstated the case. Um, if I did, I apologise. And what I was trying to say is that vaccinations uh, and being fully vaccinated certainly reduces the risk of serious illness and reduces the the chance that you might end up in hospital. So if that wasn't uh, if that wasn't clear, uh, please accept my apologies. Uh, and I hope I've made that quite clear. So the advantages of uh, being fully vaccinated against Paxlovid is that uh, it does uh, reduce serious illness, and if it reduces serious illness, it reduces your chance of being uh, of being hospitalised with that serious illness. So the, the pleasing news around COVID is that the, the cases are now starting to drop and drop quite dramatically. Uh, it looks like the government is probably considering a reset um, and I don't know yet whether they'll move us from orange to green. I, that's going to have to happen at some stage. Um, COVID's going to be with us for a long, long time, as I've made the case uh, in other shows. The influenza virus that's with us at the moment is the uh, is the descendant of the uh, the major pandemic in 1918-1920, which uh, had a dramatic effect around the world. We've learned to live with that um, in the same way that, uh, provided we don't get any major changes in this virus, we're probably going to have to learn to live with, uh, live with COVID. I think that what um, COVID has taught us is the value of wearing masks, etc. And I know some people... 
have a uh, have a different opinion on that. Um, some people don't like the sense of compulsion. I'd have to say, <coughs> excuse me, from my personal point of view, I think probably this is the first winter in many years that I've gone through, uh, although I did get COVID, uh, but this is the first winter in many years that I haven't had uh, a cough and a cold. And uh, certainly all of these respiratory viruses um, are spread uh, by droplets, etc. And there's no doubt that wearing masks properly is going to... Uh, a, reduce the chances of us spreading it to other people, and B, reduce the chances of it being spread to us. doesn't remove it totally. There's no such thing as certainty in this life. As I've said on many occasions when we're using pharmaceuticals, there's a, there's a, there's a positive and there's a negative. There's a, what you're always balancing up is you're balancing up the, um, the positive effects against the if you like, the negative effects. And it comes with mask wearing. I know that many people find find it uncomfortable um, and some people can't use them. At the same time, they are a, a good, sensible public health uh, measure and one that I think we probably need to get used to. Um, it may be that uh, with the circuit breaker that COVID has uh, thrown in terms of international travel, etc., it may be that um, we're going to have a, a bit of respite, but at the same time, I think what we also need to be aware is that with the world being a much smaller and more connected place, then we've and with what's happening in the environment, with what's happening with climate change, with what's happening with um, with what we do as human beings as we. Uh, as we stress the planet, and there's no doubt that we're stressing the planet as human beings, look at what's happening to our population, uh, that we're probably going to see more of these opportunist um, organisms. We've only got to look to the agricultural sector and see what's happening with things like Mbovis and the, the real threat that we have to, to our way of life and our economy posed by foot and mouth disease, uh, which we've been extraordinarily um, careful and probably extraordinarily lucky to have kept out of New Zealand, but countries like Australia and New Zealand, <coughs> excuse me, if we get um, foot and mouth disease, it's going to have a devastating effect on our lifestyle and our economy and our farmers. And while we're talking about our farmers, a shout out to our farmers. Having come from a farming background, I know how miserable it must be being out there this morning tending to, tending, as I said, to new lambs, to new calves. Um, it's just the, these are kind of bitter days that, um, yeah, that farmers certainly don't look forward to. So coming back to sort of talk about, uh, I was going to talk this morning sort of about the viral diseases. Obviously, we've got the viral diseases, uh, the respiratory diseases of influenza, uh, and of COVID, um, what you end up with all of these types of things is what we call a post-viral cough. Now, I've been dealt with a whole lot of people that have had COVID, uh, particularly people that have been on the antiviral drug Paxlovid, and what they all comment on is the uh, is the cough, um, not just the cough whilst you've got the uh, the acute illness, which is very frustrating. I know in my case, um, I just I ended up with a very sore throat, and then once I sort of tried to clear the throat, then I started coughing, 
and that just aggravated the throat. So, um, and then for two, three, probably four weeks afterwards, I ended up with what we call sort of the classic post-viral cough. It's just very irritating. Um, it's very dry. Um, it can keep you awake at night. And there are a number of things you can do. And I found that the best thing to do is to humidify your, your airways. So when I say humidify your airways, the simplest way of doing that is just to have a steam inhalation. You don't need to add any VIX or any menthol or anything into the steam. You can if you want to, if it gives you some effect. It's more the effect of just moist, of, of inhaling the steam, which is going to warm up and moisturise your, or uh, humidify is probably the word I'm looking for, humidify your airways. That will have the effect of if you're coughing because you've got a phlegm build up, then the phlegm will dissolve and you'll be able to clear it either by um, it'll just uh, be swallowed or you can cough it out or uh, if the airways are dry and irritated then that steam and that moisture and the humidity is going to uh, is going to soothe your your airways obviously the other thing that uh, you can do is you can use uh, lozenges um, I found when I had COVID that barley sugars were great. Um, I was alternating those with some of the anti-inflammatory lozenges. You can use strepsils or Diflam uh, products like that, which are, are anti-inflammatory and, and antiseptic, in some cases antibacterial. And if worst comes to worst, you can buy products which have got a local anaesthetic in it. I'm, I'm not a great fan of of using local anaesthetics in these situations because they do, in some people, cause some sensitization. But nevertheless, if your throat's chronically sore, then you can move to something with a local anaesthetic. Of course, you can buy, you can buy gargles, you can buy anti-inflammatory gargles, you can buy anti, uh, gargles that are based uh, iodine-based, uh, which will be antiseptic. Uh, and you can buy straight local anaesthetic gargles if your throat is just intolerably sore. So there are a basically a, um, a whole range of options there. The other options for then dealing with the cough itself, if the cough is really, if, you, if those measures are not going to stop it, then you can go to your pharmacy and you can buy cough, cough suppressants. You can buy things like Folcodine. Uh, there are some other products which you can buy over the... Well, sorry, need a pharmacist recommendation for a very effective uh, cough suppressant called dextromethorphan. Um, some of the uh, cough suppressants will have a what we call a mucolytic in them. So if, the, if you're coughing because the mucus is building up, then you can use products that have got a, a mucolytic, which helps dissolve the um, dissolve the phlegm. Uh, that'll be products like uh, bromhexine or guafenicin. Um, so those types of those types of products are readily available in pharmacy. If you are having problems with these nagging coughs, then certainly come in and talk to your pharmacist. The other thing that you can do, if um, if all of that fails, then it is possible to use some of the uh, some of the asthma inhalers, and I'm thinking particularly about products like Symbicort, etc. They're a combination of a um, of a bronchodilator, so something that relaxes your, your breathing tubes, and also a steroid, um, which will act as an anti-inflammatory. 
And I must say, in my particular case, uh, I found that uh, using one of those combination inhalers uh, was actually quite quite effective. And I carried on using that whenever the cough cough got to be a problem. So if you are asthmatic and you've got those inhalers, then don't be afraid of using them. Uh, if you're not asthmatic and you don't have those inhalers, then uh, possibly talk to your doctor. We can't uh, we can't supply those in pharmacy without a doctor's prescription, but you can certainly talk to talk to your um, your doctor about those. Um, we, and while we're talking about that, well, I'm going to move on to talking about allergy. And when we're talking about allergy, we're also going to talk about asthma because they, at the end of the day, they're related. They're both, uh, they're both inflammatory type um, conditions. So, folks, let's, uh, let's have a little bit of a break, um, a little bit of a promo, and then we will have a bit of music with uh, Olivia Newton-John uh, and we'll get physical and then I'll be back to talk about those other subjects. The Radio Pharmacist, sharing tips and practical advice on the management of a range of healthcare matters every Tuesday at noon on ORFM Dunedin. Taking the time to explore some of the bigger issues around health and well-being in simple, easy language we can all understand. The Radio Pharmacist, bold, innovative, sometimes controversial, and not afraid to tell it as it is. Tune in Tuesdays at noon on 105.4 FM, and 15.75am or online at oar.org.nz. That's the Radio Pharmacist, every week on Tuesdays at noon.
And you're back with uh, Peter Barron, the radio pharmacist here on OAR uh, 105.4 FM. Remember that um, if you want to listen to today's, today's show again um, at some stage, uh, then you can do that uh, by going to the oar.org.nz uh, website, uh, clicking on podcasts and clicking on the radio pharmacist and selecting the show that you want to listen to. Alternatively, you can do that from my website at um, radiopharmacist.co.nz. So before the break, we were talking about uh, the complications of uh, viral infections like COVID and influenza um, and post-viral coughs, etc. We're getting to that time of the year. uh, We'll start to see, we're already starting to see some allergy coming along. And I'm guessing once this little winter blast passes that uh, over the next month or so, given the huge number of pine plantations that we have, they're all going to start to see that familiar familiar yellow pollen floating around the place. You'll notice it on car windshields, etc. And we're going to see inevitably a massive upswing in uh, allergic reactions. Um, and it's appropriate that I talk about asthma at the same time because asthma is going to be exacerbated by, by allergy. They're both inflammatory conditions. Allergy is a response of the body to what we call an allergen. For some reason, um, we become sensitised to something like pollen and we then evoke the body response. You get an inflammatory reaction, which is part of the immune response. So we get that inflammation, um, and that's going to lead to runny noses. It's going to lead to sore, itchy eyes. It can lead to uh, irritated skin. And it can lead, of course, to uh, irritation of the respiratory tract and all of the things that go with that. And that can mimic mimic asthma. Uh, So we have some breathing difficulties. So... Just remembering in terms of uh, particularly talking about respiratory function, um, then what's going on is that our airways, our, what we call so they bronchioles, etc., they've got muscle around them in the same way that our arteries have muscle around them. And um, when they get irritated, they contract. And so, and then it become, we start to wheeze and we have good tightness in our chest and we have difficulty breathing. So there, um, what we're trying to stop is we're trying to stop that happening. So there are two things that we can do. Um, you know, if it's an allergy, then we try to stop that response in the first place. And we can do that with medication called antihistamines. And the modern antihistamines are principally what we call the non-sedating ones. So they don't make you sleepy uh, and they don't affect your ability to drive your vehicle, etc., operate machinery. The older ones uh, used to have quite a sedative effect, so they would make people sleepy. We still, you still can get those and some people still need them because they find the non-sedating ones are not as effective but you can ask, talk to your pharmacy about those. You'll generally find that the non-sedating ones are now behind the counter and you'll need to have a chat to the pharmacist about it. There'll be pharmacist-only medicines. Um, but the, uh, the non-sedating ones uh, are readily available over the, over the counter. The other thing that you can use, so that's, that stops the allergic reaction or hopefully stops the allergic reaction before it happens. That's why we call them an antihistamine. 
Uh, histamine is the mediator, the chemical mediator that our bodies use and release whenever we have a um, something that causes an injury. So it can be a bee sting, it can be a wasp sting, it can be some pollen which irritates your, your airways, it can be some pollen or some dust, some perfume, whatever you're allergic to that irritates your eyes or your skin. Uh, and that leads to a sort of a cascade of reactions where the body moves to protect itself. And part of that protective mechanism is the release of histamine. If you've ever noticed when you get a bad bee sting or something like that, you'll get some quite significant swelling. Well, that occurs because that whatever's bitten you or stung you, um, the body's response is to release histamine, which opens up the um, the cells and lets the body's protective uh, system start to work. And that's why you get that inflammation. Now, in the case of allergy and asthma, it's generally an in, what we call an inappropriate response. So we're trying to block that. Uh, so the antihistamines are one way and they're effective for general use. If it's particularly related to the airways and the nose, then we can use uh, steroids. And what we typically do is we use a, a steroid um, nasal spray or a steroid inhaler. And don't be worried about the fact they're a steroid. They're only, in this particular case, they're only acting locally to once again stabilise those membranes and stop that inappropriate release of histamine. And they're very, very effective provided they're used properly. So, I mean, the key thing is that, like anything, if you want to make it work, then make sure you use the product properly. Nasal sprays, um, say you've got products like Flexinase and um, there's Beclicare, there's a whole number of them, which are steroid nasal sprays. Um, they are uh, very effective, but you've got to use them correctly. Now, remember, if it's in your nose, you're trying to keep it in the front of the nose. If you feel it run down the back of your throat, then it's not going to be working. So what you need to do with your nasal sprays is you need to have your, your head down and you're aiming with the generally a pump spray. They're not all pump sprays. Some of them are drops, but you're generally aiming to sort of spray and coat the inside of your nose. And it's just a gentle little puff. I'm, it's probably not going to sound great in the microphone, but you don't go... <laughs> What you gently do is you put a finger over one nostril and you gently inhale. And you'll find that you get much, much better relief. The same with your but your asthma inhalers or if you're using the getting further down, then we're reversing that technique. We need to be looking up to the sky and we're actually trying to get that inhaled powder, it is generally powder, down into our lungs. And the way we do that is by looking up to the sky, opening up our airways, and then we take a long, slow breath. I see so many people go, and of course that's that's not going to work because it's only going to fill the top part of your, it's going to fill your mouth and the top part of your airways. What you need to be doing is looking up to the sky and taking a long, slow breath, and it's just a, you pull that deep into your lungs and you hold it there, and that way you'll get the most effective relief. If people are not using a combination in terms of asthma, if you're not using a combination um, inhaler, so which are the modern ones, uh, and you're still using the, the blue ones, the Ventolin or Respigen, the Salbutamol inhalers, then a little tip, and then using your steroid inhaler, a little tip is use your reliever inhaler first and wait a couple of minutes. 
And what you'll find, that opens up the airways, and then when you go to take your steroid inhaler, you can do that technique that I was just describing, just take that long, slow breath. So look, folks, we're out of time. Um, thank you for listening today. Just remember, if you do want to listen to the program again, uh, just go on to the oar.org.nz um, website or my website, radiopharmacist.co. Click on podcast, click on Radio Pharmacist, and listen to the show that you want. Norida, tenakoto, tenakoto, tenatato katoa. Well, folks, all good things must come to an end, and we are out of time for today. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you found today's kōrero useful. If you have a question for me or a subject you would like me to discuss on the show, please message me on the Radio Pharmacist on Facebook or at my website at radiopharmacist.co.nz. If you missed today's show or previous shows, they are available on podcast at oar.org.nz. This is Peter Barron, the Radio Pharmacist, signing off OAR 105.4 FM for today. So until next Tuesday at noon... This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.